Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. My name is Dave and I'm the host for this podcast. And today I get to welcome Jeff and uh, I get to welcome Sarah Walton back to the show. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dave. Happy Thanks, to be here. Dave. Thanks. It's great to be back again. Yeah, it's great to have you. Hey, you guys want to tell us a little bit about yourselves, you know, uh, your life, marriage, and what the Lord is up to with you guys? Yeah, sure. Um, well, we're about 16 years of marriage this summer. And we have four kids now, ranging from six years old up to 13 years old, two boys, two girls. We met when we were in college, and uh, well, that was almost 18, maybe 19 years ago, which is hard to believe. Um, We got married fairly young, and it wasn't too long after that uh, when a lot of just challenges started going on in our life. Um, Started with our youngest having, our oldest child having some challenges that increased as he grew and really rattled us individually and in our marriage Um, and so without going into a lot of details that really it shook us spiritually and shook our relationship and we had four kids as I said um, throughout those years Um, throughout that then I was also dealing with a lot of chronic illness and our kids ended up dealing with chronic illness and so um, we really had a lot of just layered challenges that we've had to navigate throughout our marriage um, primarily probably the last 13 years or so Um, and that has been a lot of the topic that we've written on and that the Lord has been um, really just growing us through is the trials that we face in life and for us that has been special needs and chronic illness Um, I've battled seasons of depression Um, Jeff has had job loss we had lots of financial loss so there's just been a lot of different layers that we've had to navigate and trust the Lord with which it's not easy (laughs) we have not always done it well um, but the Lord has been gracious to us. Um, and so just like everybody else, we are learning, continuing to learn, having to relearn the same things over and over in different ways. Um, but that's kind of what brought us to writing the book was just sharing what God has done in our life. Um, and so uh, we are now in the same season as everyone else with being quarantined and we are navigating these new challenges, um, which has had some blessings, I guess, mixed in there, um, but have been kind of shaking a little bit again of even things that we've, we've learned together, it's giving us new opportunities to learn those again and um, trying to take advantage, I guess, of the family time, the extra family time, <laughs> a lot of extra family time that we're getting. Um, so that's kind of the long and short of it. There is quite a bit mixed in there, which we can maybe delve into a little bit more as we go. Um, but you can also look at the book and find a lot more of our story in there. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to just tell us, Jeff or Sarah, about this book, Together Through the Storms, Biblical Encouragement for Your Marriage When Life why you guys wrote it and how you hope it'll be received. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so Sarah has co-authored a book also, uh, which some of your, your listeners may be familiar with, called Hope When It Hurts. And it has a very similar format to that in that the chapters are very short. We wanted that to be something where someone can sit down and in a relatively short time frame, get through a chapter. And, and then at the end of the chapter, uh, we do have uh, a time of uh, prayer, reflection, questions that uh, hopefully you can do uh, with your spouse if they are willing. Um, but if not, 
on, on your own. Um, then there's a section for further meditation with some additional uh, verses throughout the, uh, the Bible that can apply to that chapter as well. And then a, a page to journal as well at the end. And so what really drew us to uh, Job was just seeing Job in a short period of time get hit from every different direction. And it's a very layered suffering that he dealt with. And before he could even get his head up to breathe, he, he got another message from someone else from the north and every different south, east, west of just what was taken away in a matter of what seemed like seconds. And so I think Sarah and I, to a degree, have been able to relate and we've come back to Job time and time again over the years of just feeling like we're treading in in an open sea and, and we are tired and exhausted and every time we try and come up for another breath just to get enough strength then it's like we get pulled down underneath again and so I think it's very relatable from that standpoint and, and we've um, you know we've gone through many different trials and, and we kind of flesh that out in our in our book um, one of the things that we do in our book is we we will give just enough of our story to try and relate it but then we don't want every chapter and the story throughout the book to be about us so very intentional about drawing our eyes back to the story of Job and also just the, the Bible as a whole and what truths we can glean from that and the life of Job um, you know it's very unique here you probably not um, probably have not read a book a marriage book that is based on Job <laughs> so um, there's a lot of unique things that we glean from from Job and we know very little about his marriage but we try to look in the context of how that impacts both spouses and then also what that can do um, just even with our friends and our those that are around us that comfort us so um, you know we write from a standpoint that we're right there in the trenches with you we've read so many different marriage books and we wanted to put out there a resource that is not looking retrospectively of someone that is an empty nester and here um, you know a great way of pointing everyone to what biblical marriage should look like uh, this has a unique twist to it where it's it's different than those that we've been able to to read and come across where it is really come walking alongside uh, those that will pick up this book and read that are either have gone through something really hard uh, suffered are currently struggling or like every marriage we will go through something so we feel like this is a book that can be uh, very hopeful and very encouraging to any couple no matter what they're going through and what season they're in but really for those that are, are battling right now um, whether it's with their spouse or just collectively in their marriage uh, we want this to be something that they can pick up and in a short little snippet here and there flip to any chapter whether it's individually or even in a small group at church and really have this be something that can be fixing their eyes on Christ and drawing them back towards um, that relationship first and foremost above even our spouse and our marriage yeah and also just briefly I think um, we want people to know that though they may not relate to every single chapter maybe they don't deal with chronic illness or they don't deal with um, depression really the majority of the book any marriage would be able to relate to so we really wanted to be very broad that there were many different challenges addressed um, and a lot of them every marriage will experience to some extent um, and so we didn't want it to be so specific that uh, a mass majority wouldn't relate to it um, so that's our hope is that it will be really a helpful encouraging challenging resource for any marriage at any level 
board willing. That's uh, that that's really well said, and, and actually, you you're going to prove my endorsement here. <laughs> I, I I just I, I said in the endorsement, I said it's biblical, helpful, and real. You know, you guys just said whatever whatever basically whatever stage you're at in marriage, whatever whatever state your marriage is in, uh, this book can help you, and you just proved that yeah, because yeah, uh, yeah. not being too personal, um, you know, over the top about it, Jeff. What you said is just so true. It's uh, there's a balance there, and you guys have that balance, and I, I so appreciate that. So it draws. Oh, thank you. That's something that's we felt was it's really hard to attain, and we were we were praying so much that that would come across in that way. So thank you for, for those kind words. Definitely. Well, what are some keys that you guys have learned in, in communicating well with one another? Oh goodness. Well. <laughs> I will admit we have not always communicated well. Um, in fact, uh, I think the first year we were married, I remember um, we got into one of our first big arguments, and I think I gave him the silent treatment for about eight hours. So thank the Lord we have grown from that point. Um, but, uh, you know, I think one of the first and most important things that we always want to encourage couples in the area of communication is we are always going to immediately be first want to dump whatever we are feeling or thinking on our spouse. Um, it's the natural inclination. Um, but what we really are so thankful the Lord has grown us in gradually, we certainly don't do this well all the time, um, is to first stop and bring the thing that we are struggling with to the Lord and make sure that we are aligning our own hearts um, with, with the word and even our emotions. You know, a lot of times the things we want we are discussing with each other are very emotion driven. And so remembering, am I coming to the Lord first and asking him to help me even look through a, a right lens through this before I come and dump this on my spouse or come with a lot of emotion behind it asking the Lord to help us uh, one see our own heart in what we're trying to work through um, and also then just to give us the wisdom to um, navigate that topic well in God our own way which uh, we, we won't always do well but if we can get in that pattern or that habit of stopping before we immediately go at one another I think that it just creates so much more of a healthy environment of communicating I, I think that just to add into that real quick and that's something that you can't do in the moment and have that thought then retrospectively it's got to be something that is proactive and know that you will get in arguments you will face uh, challenges in communication and so that has to be planned ahead of time understanding there are differences and those those are okay accepting that but then let's have kind of a timetable in that plan of what do we do when we get in the heat of a moment and we're both so competitive wanting to go at each other and make our our point known to the other so mm. we got to have a plan yeah yeah and I think one of the things that has been so uh, life-changing for me is, I don't remember who had said this to me at one point, but just encouraged me to think, to try to remind myself to think with the mindset of, am I think, believing the best about my spouse right now? Am I am I putting assumptions to their, their motives or their words that maybe aren't even there? And so by thinking that way, I'm trying to remind myself, believe the best in my spouse, give them the benefit of the doubt here. And that has helped maybe slow down maybe my reactions at times um, and not create more problems when there maybe weren't even those issues there. Um, and it also gives space then of, of, of saying and putting those um, those thoughts maybe that I start to, to question. Like let's say Jeff says something in a conversation we're having and the tone of it really feels hurtful to me. Well, I can stuff that tone that or that hurt that I feel and not mention it and then that starts to build or build. Or in that moment, I can do the hard thing and say, Jeff, the way you said that really kind of hurt. Did you did you mean to say 
it like that or is this what you really meant and then that gives him the opportunity to say no that's I'm sorry you took it that way. that's not at all what I was meaning to say or maybe it was <laughs> and we need to work through that um, but so much of our communication problems come from um, assumptions or things that uh, we assume are there but we, we haven't communicated about them and so they start to grow and grow rather than nipping them in the bud and addressing them right where they are yeah I think that's a good point you know I, I know there's been times where I've said something and my, my tone has probably not come across well um, and to have that clarifying statement is is huge and Sarah's done done that and, and that's um, helped us a lot because for guys we, we could say something and it, we just can't see maybe how that affects or how that actually came across to our spouse and there might be to what Sarah said of kind of assuming what is best it could be that I just had a very hard day at work and I'm, my mind is wrapped up on still trying to figure out what maybe tomorrow may look like for work and then we get into a discussion and then the way that I respond was greatly impacted by what happened earlier in the day through work and so that's a real situation that everyone's going to face that there are those times and it's not always but where an outside situation impacted your current response and that needs to be fleshed out and, and not just swept under underneath the rug. And I think that's why we, we really I think we deal with communication throughout the entire book because communication is really an aspect of every challenge we face and that's that's going to be in all different layers and especially if we're facing trials in marriage if we have extra pressures pushing in on us um, anything from infertility to chronic illness we're dealing with uh, job loss all of that's going to just add pressure to the marriage which is going to make us more likely to react in certain ways and so those are those make us even more important for us to address um, how can we be very proactive in communicating things here so that we don't allow things to grow because the situation is primed for that type of thing to arise um, so it just takes a lot of proactive yeah. um, navigating how are we going to do this well and knowing we're not going to always do it well and we need to <laughs> we need to go back and often ask for each other's forgiveness and learn from that how could we have done this better next time yeah and I think just two other uh, things that came to mind just on the communication because this is such a pivotal part of all aspects of marriage would just be to keep short accounts with your your spouse uh, not let those past issues be brought back into the current situation and, and be able to extend grace to your spouse and that is something that you always we always need to keep going back daily prayerfully asking God um, for his grace first and foremost yeah. um, that we can extend that then to our spouse and so I think that is something that has to be a part of our communication first has to be with the Lord and that that starts with the daily prayer and, and time in the word and then that will be an overflow to our spouse and you know lastly just being able to um, take those struggles and those frustrations to the Lord as well so when we're in those heated arguments and disappointments and differences we need to take that to Christ first um, because he is only the, he's the only one that is going to give us the strength to be able to restore that relationship and to be able to change a heart whoever that is in that conversation that that may be prideful or maybe selfish or maybe just coming at it from a different perspective that's not healthy and so um, asking for humility in those moments whether I'm the right one or whether Sarah's the right one uh, prayerfully going at it that's a, that's a great answer I, what I kept hearing again and again is is be proactive I would I, I love to just get couples to understand this is just build your friendship and what you guys communicated so well in that answer was just that be proactive have some boundaries have 
have some even even something just to add to what you said just just even when you're not having a fight or whatever that's the time to have these conversations about what that fight is going to look like and giving permission to to walk away or or and come back and and those types of things are just so so vital for a marriage they're vital for trust and friendship and openness and so that like and i just love what you just said to jeff earlier asking clarifying questions because i i that is like a big thing where I've seen I've seen a lot of women just attack the guy and what that does is it attacks his masculinity and when you attack a man's masculinity and Jeff you can you can vouch for this uh, he's gonna shut down it doesn't matter how it doesn't matter how Christian or how godly is you're gonna get him to shut down and and so I love that I love that you do that um, so that that's that's really really good it's what, what you guys just said is just so important because it just shows the necessity of openness and transparency of just being yeah. real with one another and um you know you don't have it all figured out you know and when it, i can i can i can testify I, we don't have sarah and i don't have it all we don't we don't fight much at all because we have these things uh, i'm married to sarah as well sarah um so you know we're both she's german and i'm i'm norwegian scottish so we're both uh we we, we clash and we 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 used to really clash and it happened one day where I was sitting I was sitting in my office and I'm thinking you know um, I'm, I'm a Christian leader and uh, this is the first few years of our marriage and I am not doing well in the area I can preach the, the lights out and uh, of it on forgiveness of sins but how am I doing yeah. it forgiving people of their sins and then uh, woo, the light bulb went on and the heat went up and the Holy Spirit was boom and um, yeah. it, it took some time it took some time it took it took really you know this was a couple years in our marriage it took a few years for me to be able to go to sarah my sarah and say hey i'm sorry for this because my natural reaction is to go immediately into the situation and say i'm sorry and i'm sorry for this and that but what she wants is time and space it took time for trust to be built in that in that way yeah and i think just yeah it's a process that's for sure yeah that is that is so true and i that the one encouragement and Jeff was starting to touch on is that I think it's been pivotal and I think it's so important for people to know because there are going to be marriages that their spouse is not willing to work at this and we really wanted to acknowledge that too because as much as we'd love to say every marriage has two believing spouses who are both equally invested and wanting to work together that's not going to always be the case and we're often in different places and so what I find so empowering for that situation is to encourage that spouse that is wanting to honor the Lord and that communicating that they still have the ability to call on the one who is able to change any heart. And so instead of continuing to attack our spouse or try to change the way we're phrasing things or try to convince them of something, we have the blessing of being able to go to Christ and pray honestly about what's hurtful, what we're struggling with, what we wish things would change in our marriage or relationship, and pray for our spouse that God would do a changing work that only he can do. Because if we desire that, that communication in our marriage, we can only control our half of it. So knowing that we do have the power to to pray for our spouse and ask for God to grow them and grow our marriage, that is where we've seen the most healing work happen in our marriage is when we we have been in that place. Yeah, it's easier easier to point the finger at somebody else. It's harder to point the finger
mirror at yourself and say, yeah. "Hey, I'm the problem here." You know, right. as as a guy, I'm I'm the problem. It's not my wife's the problem. Uh, if she took something wrong, it's probably because I didn't communicate it clearly. And yeah. and realizing that as a guy, most guys have a really hard time with that. Realizing mm. it's it's the other yeah. person. It's it, we as guys, Jeff. You know, it's the other guy. Yeah. It, it's the other it's the other person. Hey, you know what? You just didn't understand me. You know, I was clear. It's like. And my wife's like, uh, let me tell you what you said. Uh, oh, that's what I said? That's not what I meant at all. Let, let, let me try that over again. And, uh, you know, that's, that's just so, uh, that's just so humbling. Yeah. It hurts too. Let's, let's just be honest, but it's, it's good for us. It's, it's, it's a good hurt. You know, everybody's going through this COVID-19. It's it's hard for many couples. Um, just being stuck inside could exasperate even issues in, in marriage. They're not able to do much. They're not able to get out. Um, how can couples use this time well to go closer to the Lord and to one another? Um, yeah, you know, we've been talking about this a lot because we are in the same boat as everybody else right now. Um, we've been doing e-learning with our kids at home. Jeff's out of work, so he's trying to look for a job. Um, we have a puppy. We have a foreign exchange student that lives with us. So we are a big full home right now, and nobody's leaving ever. <laughs> so those are certainly legitimate challenges that we are feeling that pressure on our marriage and our relationship. So we've been having to talk a lot about how do we navigate this. This is new for everybody. I mean, it's got some similar challenges, but a very different face to it. Um, and so some of the things we've really been finding helpful um, that we've also been trying to encourage others with um, have been, one, the communication thing, like we've already talked about. Uh, more specifically, though, even just being open with each other about what, what are you struggling with? right now how is this impacting you what what maybe is causing the most stress for you right now because it's different for each of us for me I'm stressing out more about trying to manage e-learning with four children when four weeks ago they were at school all day and I had other things that I had planned for this month that are totally out the window now so those things are maybe causing me stress while Jeff is feeling the weight and stress of not knowing where we're going to find a paycheck come from so those are different but we're both feeling that stress and so having that communication there helps us be patient with each other, helps us talk about, okay, how can I be helpful to you in this? How can we work on this so that we're in this as a team rather than doing this separately um, has been really, really important. Um, and we've had to talk about how can we offer breaks for each other? We're in one environment all the time right now with a lot of stress swirling around. And there's a lot of reasons why we would snap at each other and why we would take our frustrations out on each other. Because currently we are the only other adult in the house that and the only other adult we're seeing pretty much ever right now. So um, that has been helpful to us to be able to talk through what would be helpful to you right now. How can I offer you a break um, and vice versa? So letting me maybe have an hour up in our bedroom where I can read and he can help the kids or um, I can try to do something with the kids in a quieter part of the house so that he can do a call for an interview. You know, things like that have been helpful. What else? Yeah, so I would say also for for the husbands, and this, this is going to look different for, for everyone. So you're going to have some households where both spouses are now working remotely and you'll have some households where uh, they're maybe unemployed and maybe then it's just the husband who's working. Whatever that dynamic will, will look like, 
I guess I would also just want to kind of challenge in that scenario for the husband to not just um, go up to wherever he's meeting or making his office nowadays and kind of checking out then for you know eight to five thirty and then leaving all that work uh, you know for your for your wife to, to pick up but know that you are now home for three meals a day and kind of the things in between so is there a meal that you can help um, you know prepare and if you have kids kind of just take a carve out a little extra lunch break or even starting off your day with breakfast carving out some extra time before you have to get going uh, for work so again it goes back to our initial um, point that we were talking about Dave just a few minutes ago with the communication of being proactive yeah. and letting that be something that is discussed openly and maybe even daily of you know what does your day look like today and, and when can you maybe uh, you know carve out a few minutes to to come down and help if possible and so that if we just leave that to chance and just trying to see where the wind blows and, and <laughs> when we can take a break it's going to be much more challenging and create much more tension for the other spouse that may not be working and is now trying to watch over the kids so we just really want to encourage you not check out if you are working remotely now and to really uh, communicate of how as a team you can take on these new added responsibilities that um, Lord willing are going to be short-lived but they are also things that can create um, can kind of weaken the unity right now in the midst of all the chaos going on yeah and you know also Dave, yeah. this is an unusual time for everybody I, I don't know that we've ever experienced this type of thing where we suddenly everything that's been on our schedules at least for those who are not leaving the house to work there are some that are having an incredibly difficult job of going out every day and working in hospitals or other various um, needed jobs but for a, a vast majority many are at home all the time and this is unusual for us we're used to going 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 and having our schedules packed and so while that may make us feel a little unsettled for a time I think what we really want to challenge people is look at this as a unique opportunity for your family for your marriage you have so much concentrated time right now that you can work on building that relationship on enjoying time together and maybe you aren't used to having spent a lot of time together well now is such a great time to start reconnecting with each other um, to be able to <clears throat> take turns planning a date night at home to make things just not so mundane and to keep things interesting right now or try making this a time where you start to create a habit if it hasn't been there before of being in God's word every day there will I think Jeff had said earlier um, like if you've had a commute that you're used to doing use that commute time and, and spend time in God's word for that amount of time you would have been commuting to a job that we have that time now and there's no better time to start creating habits that Lord willing will last beyond this time that are really needed and are giving us an opportunity to slow down and evaluate what is really important in my life and how can this really difficult time actually be an opportunity for growth in my relationship with the Lord, my relationship with my family and with my spouse. That's really good. Uh, around this time, you know, we, we've been on lockdown now for we're going on week five here in California. And uh, I think like one of the first weeks we I, we had my sister-in-law and her nephew, a two and a half year old nephew living here and we had a blow up. And then, but then we had something good happen out of that. We had a family meeting. We had a family chat. We have ground rules like, well, Sarah and I have ground rules for when we ever have a disagreement. But we also have ground rules in our home. And, you know, listening to people talk and share openly after we've had a cool off period, of course. And that, that was really good because out of that, one of the things I said was, uh, you know, after everybody had talked, I always usually go last. Um, I said, what we need to do is, what we usually, what we need to do here is, is what you guys just said. We need to be intentional 
emotional about loving one another, caring for another. Um, you know, you mentioned, uh, one of you guys mentioned that the uh, helping one another. Uh, Jeff, I think it was dinner. Uh, we have a chore chart in our house. So we have, uh, one of us will cook and one of us, obviously the adults, will cook. Not not our two and a half year old nephew. Uh, we're not going to do that. You know, we don't let him in the kitchen, really. Um, so just, just to be clear, everybody. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we, we take turns doing dishes and uh, just just trying to intentionally serve one another and not even with the chore chart it's so easy to get legalistic right but but even yeah. if somebody doesn't feel well or whatever we just say hey I'll do that or I don't feel like talking right. we just let the other person go and, and we're just really purposeful uh, I think Sarah yeah. you mentioned date night you know one one thing is if it's if it's appropriate and uh, you don't have kids go uh, or, or whatever you have somebody can watch them or whatever I guess that's not really an option right now but Anyway, uh, you know, go go to a fast food restaurant and sit. That's what my wife and I do. Or put the kids and have them watch a movie, and you guys go upstairs and find find just really creative ways to make it interesting. Maybe go on a yeah. walk and mm-hmm. um, just just really make time for one another. It's yes, yeah, yeah, real mm-hmm. good. You know, waiting is uh, waiting is really hard. It, it, we both know, we all know that it that it hurts. What, what are some lessons that you guys learned that that can encourage other couples as they wait on the Lord? Yeah, so that is, um, we, we are much, much like everyone else. A lot of different seasons of waiting, whether that's even just waiting for, uh, you know, a, a small decision or a big decision like buying a, a house or waiting to have kids. Or for for, for me, you know, I've, I've had two uh, long seasons of, of waiting for a new job, and I'm still in that uh, job transition right now. And so I think some of the things that I have tried to, um, or that I have learned and that God has shown me by His grace, um, you know, one of the stories that we, we draw out in our book is the story of Lazarus. Lazarus. And so... So when we look at um, you know his delay, uh, God's delay to to go when when they found out that he was sick and pleading that Jesus would come and and help, and his delay ended up revealing that you know Lazarus was uh, ended up dying, and that's that left you know those closest to him with this feeling of Jesus, you could have helped, but yet you didn't, and you didn't come right away. And so I think so often we can see that in our our own prayer life, but we're praying and what seems to make so much sense right now of God if you answer this prayer if you give me this job or if you give me something that we're longing for just you know for the spouse to open up her womb so we can have a child we want a child so bad and and God delays and we don't get what we we think we want in that moment and so what we can learn from that story and what I've learned through my own waiting is that through those delays God is glorified and so we see that that delay purposeful in in the story of life is that God received more glory by bringing him back from dead, from the dead, as opposed to if he would have gone and healed him um, right when he was called to. And so I think so much of that, if we can pull out those promises and those truths that we see all throughout Scripture, even in God's delays and in our own lives that we can glean from of when he says no to something or just a silence, we know that he is still working. While we may not see it, we have to cling to that, that he is working. And so where that spurs me on is to see waiting as an active um, as something that is active. It's not something where I'm just going to sit back and passively wait and just um, do nothing and, and expect God to 
to, to answer. He gives me the means, um, and if I'm prayerfully moving forward and trying in my job search to go at go at it from every different direction and network, you know, he's going to give me the means to um, to bring that answer in, in his perfect timing. So pursuing God in his word um, and then also pursuing God in prayer, I think, is so so key in these times of waiting. First and foremost, that that can't be a second, a second thought of trying to do it in our own strength, trying to create opportunities uh, apart from God. It has to be in unison. And so I think when you feel stuck and when you're just waiting, and, and for me, I still am wrestling with what does God want me to do next? You know, there's things that do I need to shift even my my career, uh, my industry, and what really is that looking like? And I still don't have a clear clear answer, but I trust that God will um, show me and reveal that in his perfect timing. So right now, I just need to take that next step. And so that next step is just for today of doing what I know um, with planning and looking for that opportunity and praying and waiting for his redirection or for his no. And so I think I just want to encourage those um, that are listening for those kind of simple steps. While they're simple, they're, they are hard to do. Um, but we must be uh, pursuing God in his word, pursuing God in prayer, and then take that next step. Don't just sit idly, but we have to be active in the waiting. Yeah. And you know, I love, um, I, I actually will say this to my kids sometimes. Um, what has been so helpful me, I love the Elizabeth Elliot quote where she says at the end of just do the next thing. And it's been so helpful because there are sometimes where you just feel so overwhelmed by the waiting. Either it's just so long or maybe you're waiting and there is a reality that that waiting may never end in this life. And really, if we think about it, all of the Christian life is waiting. We're all waiting for eternity. We're all waiting to finally be in our eternal home. And so that in itself, that is why the whole Christian life is one all of growth. So not only in all of life, but in these temporary and shorter seasons of waiting, that same growth is what the Lord wants to do in us. Um, but we have to be a part of that. We need to be willing to be moving towards the Lord in these seasons. Otherwise, we, we will go the other way and we will be led more towards resentment and bitterness and frustration and anger. Um, and so uh, we talk about this in our chapter. Um, there's actually Job says, what is my strength that I should wait? And what is my end that I should be patient? He really verbalized the two questions we ask when we're waiting, right? It's it's what what is how in the world do I wait? And even if I can, why do I want to? <laughs> Um, I mean, that's really what we're asking along the way. And if we follow through that, we end up coming to see that the answer to that is, what is my strength? Our strength is Christ, our Savior. He is the one that will give us the strength to endure that season as long as he calls us to, if we are following and leaning into him. And then what is the end that we should be patient? And in Job, then we see that it's the promise of the glory of God and the joy of being in his presence. I mean, so often in these seasons, our prayers go from... Lord, change my situation to Lord, just give me more of yourself as I wait. It, it starts to make us long for him more than longing for the answer. Um, and that, that is really what he's wanting to do in these seasons. And then we end up finding this joy and this peace and this acceptance in the waiting, which is just glorifies the Lord because it's, oh, not naturally us. Um, and then so often he ends up answering those long seasons in an instant. <laughs> it yeah, seemed. Yeah. Hmm. That's, that's another thing that just we want to pull out from the story of Job, you know, Job is almost one long feat. You know, for, for 38 
28 chapters or so uh, waiting, and we see that struggle with uh, Satan trying to challenge him of, Job, you're only blessing uh, God because of what he's given you. And so we can see that in our own lives. Are we truly only worshiping God because of what he's given me? And if he answers my question now, then I will praise him. But can we praise and worship God in the midst of silence and those waiting? And so I think that's where our challenge back to ourselves and also what we try to put in the book that we need to we need to have that perspective that in those moments of waiting that Christ is our strength and Christ is our hope of why we should even wait and let that be a, an encouragement whether it's waiting for just a, a few weeks or whether it's waiting for a decade or, or almost a lifetime you know that whether it's a healing of something or salvation for someone that you love we cannot lose hope in that fact alone that, that Christ is our strength and that's what can keep us going amen well said guys where, where can people where can people go to find uh find you guys on social media or, or otherwise um yeah i well i have a blog that i write um and that houses a lot of um current information um it's called setapart.net and we have on there um, information about um uh, together through the storms as well as my first book hope when it hurts but then also some um talks we've given or interviews we've had um and other various information so that's one place um you can find us both on instagram and twitter and you know those basic places i think we're pretty easy to find yeah i think one other site you can also go to is together through the storms.com that's something that we're trying to build up as well right now um we do have a new version uh, devotional that just went live um for, for a couple days and we're, we're hoping to add to that in the near future but right now if you want just a couple days to also get a, a little bit of a picture of our book um that will kind of walk through three different topics um and then we should have up available uh, on that site as well, uh, hopefully by the end of this week, an audible uh, or an, our audio book uh, should be available for pre-order. So some of those things, that, along with the other resources, uh, you'll notice on those sites. And also, um, if it's people have found it helpful, we have a book trailer on there, which tells a little bit more about our story, um, specifically some of the things that led us to write the book. And it's just like a three, four minute video, and that you can find on there as well. And then the book really is being sold any major places, Amazon right now. Uh, it comes out in just a couple weeks on May 1st and um, most other main sites that can be found as well. That's wonderful guys. Uh, I encourage everybody to, to go check those out. And uh, just, well, guys, just as we wrap up this conversation, do you guys have any takeaways for our listeners? That, that's a good question. You know, as we, we talk through so many different topics and there's there's a lot that fortunately we're, we weren't able to get to, but we'd love uh, you know, for, for those that are interested to, to pick up a copy of our book. And I think one of the things that we want to portray is that we are walking alongside you that are hurting right now and we are in the same shoes. We're not on the other side where we have everything figured out and our, our uh, kids' sicknesses and Sarah's health issues are, are you know, healed and everything's going well. Uh, so we want our, our aim to be that uh, marriage is, is not perfection. You know, we want everyone to fix their eyes on the author and creator of all things. And so let's fix our, our hope to be on Christ. Uh, don't put our hope in our spouse changing or in our circumstances changing here on earth, um, but we really want to draw um, draw us first and foremost back to the Word of God and through uh, the hope that we have in a 
risen Savior. So that's that's one takeaway that I would say. Uh, Sarah, do you have anything that you'd want to... Yeah, you know, I was just thinking, just kind of which sums really all of this up, is just to remember that the trials that we're facing right now, whether it's coming against us or it's in our relationship or whatever it is, they don't have to destroy our relationship. That we serve a God who loves to redeem very broken situations. And to continue to remind ourselves that we have a hope that is far beyond this world. And no matter what our circumstances look like right now, um, one of our favorite verses in Job is, but he knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I will come forth as gold. And so we may only see a sliver of what is happening right now, but we serve a God who loves to redeem very hard situations that only he could redeem. And to just continue to remember that, um, that we may only see a little bit right now, um, but we really can trust him. And I, I hope that people will do that right now while there's a lot of uncertainty in the world. That we serve a very big God, and uh, we pray that you know Him. And if you don't, that you you seek to find out who He is, um, because He is greater than anything else. Um, so yeah. Remember, this is a journey. This is a process. This will take time. We we are dancing with our spouse. We'll we'll step on each other's toes, and it's not going to look perfect uh, even even tomorrow. But hopefully, we're taking steps forward together. So that that would be our encouragement. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, I, I really have appreciated the the conversation. I love the book obviously um I, I think it's so helpful it's so needed and i i just so appreciate that you guys have shared so openly and honestly you do that very well in the book and uh, uh thanks, thank, thanks so much for your guys time yeah thank you you're very welcome Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.